So another thing that I want to talk about in this episode, like I said, this was something that I uh, have I've really been considering uh, trying to decide whether I wanted to do an, an episode over this. And, and then I decided maybe I should do, maybe, just maybe, I could get some um, conversation with... Uh, this person that I wanted to, that is involved, maybe he'd be willing to do a little interview, and maybe I can get his take on it, right? Well, that halfway happened. <laughs> so, I want to introduce you to somebody that I really, I really love. Uh, this, this artist. This musician is a really, really talented, really awesome songwriter. Uh, I, 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 I really love his stuff. And his, you know, depending on what, how, what age group you fall in, uh, you might know him from his former band, his first band where he made his debut, Cademan's Call. Now he's a solo artist. Um... And his name is Derek Webb. He is a really, really cool guy. I mean, I haven't met him. I can't say that. I wish I could. And I don't have him here, but I did get to talk with him over Twitter this past week. And the reason I want to talk about Derek Webb is he... He has an interesting story. If you don't know anything about Derek Webb, I mean, just look it up. He was a very well... Uh, very well known and popular Christian artist. He was uh, started with Cademan's Call and then he went and did a solo career. He's put out a lot of albums and just a few few years ago, I'm not even sure of how long it was to be honest. Um, I found him, I, I found him his solo career too late. I didn't even know. I just found a song of his and I loved it, and then I found some more stuff of him, and then I found out that um, he has gone through a total 180. And it's pretty sad to me, not that he's made a 180, not that, um, you know, of what happened. And and I, I'm honestly, I've been following him for the last uh, two years or so, and I've listened to his latest two records over and over and over. And I'm also, he's also doing this really cool thing um, during this COVID-19 stuff where all his tours, uh, or all his shows, he's doing a tour that is completely online. And uh, you can buy tickets and then you watch it on your computer in the comfort of your living room, and he's doing these shows, and I really feel like I've kind of gotten to know him in in a sense that 
I feel weird kind of I feel like I'm airing out his dirty laundry and I don't want to do that but um I don't know it just feels weird in the in the way that he talks in the way that he uh holds himself that that's something that he does not that's it's th- this thing that happened is a part of him he accepts it but he I I I I get the feeling that that's something he doesn't really want to, uh, you know. Um, man, I keep thinking, I keep forgetting the the word. You know, hold on to. He doesn't really want to, you know. Obviously, keep his mind on that. And so that's part of me. I'm like, I don't want to bring that up. It's not what we're talking about with him. But uh, but just in real fast. So. Uh, he was married to another Christian artist, someone that I've actually never heard of, I don't think. Maybe maybe sort of heard of her. Uh, they were married for a while, uh, and then they got a divorce. And it was a sad thing, and a lot of people in the Christian community seemed to give Derek a whole lot of uh, grief, a whole lot of judgment, uh, and, and then they praised her right she she came out the good guy he came out the bad guy and through that he went through a a deconstruction of his faith and and even that's not sad to me um it was sad when i first heard about it because it's very strange to to think and see someone who believes that god is loving and um has grace and has mercy and believe that he died on the cross and and Cademan's call and and some of Derek's early work and his solo solo career was all about the fact that we were sinners and that God loved us and that God forgave us and that God has redeemed us and he's made us uh perfect in his eyes and made us um righteous by Jesus's righteousness and and these kind of things, and then Derek goes and and uh, commits a terrible um, a ter- uh, sorry I lost my train of thought real quick, but um, Derek goes and he he messes up big, he fails big, um, and and then there's a divorce, and then it kind of just unravels everything he believes about God. Well, anyway, something that I've always wanted to ask him, and I did finally get the chance to talk to him a little bit, uh, but something that's been bothering me was, was one, did his Christian friends, did the Christian community have any part in you turning away? hate to use that phrase but but he has he he is officially saying i mean he's deconstructed and 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 really came to the point where he the 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 idea of a god the idea of sin and forgiveness and hell and all this and that is unnecessary he doesn't feel compelled it's not persuasive to him. He's not convinced. He's not convinced, uh, you know, he's, he's not convinced of kind of any of it, right? And so one thing I wanted to ask him was that if 
was one did christians treat you or react to the situation towards you that that really made you want to run away i mean sure you're dealing with this pain and this grief you you've you've lost your wife it's your fault that's kind of what you're going through it's, it's your fault you failed your wife you failed god you failed your fans you failed all this a lot of people and you're going through this carrying this huge weight and on top of that you've got everyone in the world who believed in you is now condemning you did that have any effect right this was his answer uh hold on one second i gotta find it this is the simple answer that while the way that both the church as a local institution and evangelical christian friends responded and reacted over the past handful of years certainly didn't help in terms of my no longer identifying as a believer it certainly wasn't the cause while it would have been nice to be able to have those conversations with those people along the way it had no effect on my eventual response to the fact that the idea of an all-good and all-powerful God, as described in the Bible, just wasn't persuasive to me. So that so that was the answer, really. It, 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 it's not the, the tip of the iceberg that caused him. And the reason I ask that is because I, I seem to find that in a lot of people who leave Christianity, is that they're too judgy, they're too... Uh, condemning they're too hypocritical that you know they see between they see between the lines and it doesn't add up to them and and that's a lot of the reason that there are churches like Hillsong and Bethel and probably Elevation Ugh. a lot of these really popular churches that their whole goal really is to get people in the door and push love and push forgiveness and push uh, you're a good person God loves you which is good. It's a good thing to push. But their whole idea, I think that, that the reason for that is that people don't, is so that people don't, um, you know, feel judged when they, when they come to church. Which is, you know, if, if you would just teach that, you know, the Holy Spirit works on each person and convicts us of what we've done wrong because by the way there's things that you've done wrong and that's what jesus dying on the cross was all about that's what forgiveness is for because you he needs to forgive the wrong things you've done <laughs> but it's not really being taught and 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 it's probably a lot of a lot to do with it whereas uh, the flip side of it almost every other church baptist um non-denominational uh, regular churches, any other denomination really is is pushing uh, a very strict legalist view on if you're doing this, it's it's wrong and you can't do this as a Christian. Christians aren't supposed to do this, and and it's really confusing for people. So, like I say, all that is that you know, I I think that that happens way more than we realize that we push people away out of our church doors because we because we i mean it's kind of a double-edged sword but because of the way that we tell them that they're wrong right there are ways to go about it and i don't feel like we're doing it right
So the good news, though, was that really it it wasn't. That's not what tipped him over, right? He was dealing with uh, very tough questions and existential realities uh, surrounding his faith and um, and that thing, and and that just was kind of a on top of. It didn't help. It didn't make, you know, it didn't, basically we didn't give him, we as Christians did not give Derek Webb a reason to stay. Once he decided that he, you know, I don't know if I believe in God. I don't know if I believe that there is a God. I don't know if this is real to me anymore. I don't know if it ever was real. I'm not even, I'm not really sure that this is what I want. So he's thinking these things. Then he's kind of Maybe he's made that decision somewhat and he talks to somebody or he's seeing how people are reacting on the internet, I'm sure. Or people are trying to, you know, console him in a way of trying to get him to repent. You know, if you repent, then I'll accept you as a brother. But if not, then you're a heathen. I guarantee you I could just hear people telling him that kind of idea. That they really need to, that he needs to repent. And I'm talking about back back then. And, uh... He'd already kind of made that decision, right? And so we're not giving him any reason to go, but I but I really enjoyed this. I really want that to go. Well, no, I really don't want that. I don't I don't want th- them. You know what I want? And he actually wrote a song about this, and it's kind of funny, and this is kind of what brought me into this idea. It was he was like, you know what I want is uh the friends that I've made in the bar. Because they don't they accept me completely and i accept them completely right and so he found fellowship in non-believers and a, a group of people who also went through this similar process and he found fellowship in them which is just like how you find fellowship at church he found church in an, in the, in the bar except he really has decided, you know, he really did make that decision that it's, he's no, it's no longer persuasive to him. And I really do like the way he puts this, honestly. Um, he's not just throwing a fit and being a baby and saying, ah, I don't believe in God anymore, blah, or I don't like the church because they told me to repent. I mean, that's the thing is it really wasn't that. It wasn't, he, I don't think that he tried to say, but, you know, doesn't God love me? Aren't I forgiven? Well, you still need to repent. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to repent. I don't want to re- admit I'm wrong. No, he admitted he was wrong. He knew he was wrong. And and that and that pain and grief and, and that trial that he went through resulted in him with this. Once I lost my conclusion bias... I'm sorry. Once I lost my conclusion bias, which I think what he means is that where he ends up, once once he got rid of the end result that he wanted being god is real or the bible is true christianity is real right once i lost the conclusion the bias on my conclusion and was able to look at it without my eternal at least he puts in parentheses without my at least eternal life depending on it it just wasn't necessary which begs the question, and to me, d- 
there still seems to be a, a belief in place that says there is an eternal life. Um, and he goes on to say that the, it's it's all about the 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 uncertainty, and um, he he's kind of open to that. I mean, he doesn't know. He's not claiming to know the answers. Uh, the, it's just the Jesus thing isn't really working for me. It's kind of what he's saying. And what he did was he was like, well, forget about the eternal life and after death. Let's just focus on right now. Right now, Jesus is not compelling. The story of the Bible is not compelling. The existence of the God of the Bible is not persuasive. It's not necessary to me to, to, to be involved in a Christian religion. Um, and then this last thing he said was that he harbors no ill will towards evangelical Christians. I, I, this is him. I do wish they would practice and show the grace you're talking about in response to difficult or complex people. Um, and that was, oh man, I gave him a huge book, so I'm not sure. I don't know the exact, but the, the idea that we were talking that the, the grace that I was talking about with him was, Here's, so here's my second question was if, 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 if it was, if, if they did do something, if, if Christians behavior did have an effect on your deconstruction or you choosing to not like and not want Christianity anymore, then one If they had not done that, would would you have fully gone deconstruct, or would you have just gone through a painful trial of questioning, and then come back on the other, you know, come back on the other side? So that was one and two. What are ways? Kind of the same question, but kind of now. What? Are ways that Christians can change when it comes to the the delivery and the behaviors and 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 that kind of thing. How can we as as Christians help those who are going through this? Because I really do believe that our actions is what pushes people away. You know, kind of the final word is, even if I wanted to believe this, even if I uh, wanted to try and rekindle the fire, I don't want anything to do with these hypocrites. That's the, you know, very common thing. So, and we talked a little bit more, a couple more things. I had a couple more questions just in response to what he had said. It was really cool. I, I mean, I really am a big fan of him. And like I said, one of the reasons that I'm a big fan is because his, one, his story is interesting. And two, I really, really see in his story the need for people, and not to toot my own horn, it's not me, it's Christ in me who's expressing his love to Derek. That's what it really is. Um, because what was sad to me was that he went through so much pain. 
What was sad to me was that he lost his wife. What was sad to me was that he went through the anguish of knowing and accepting responsibility and blame and fault in 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 the in the divorce and and it's sad that that resulted in choosing to give up the hope now i don't look at him as fallen because there's um he talked about this you know he he doesn't know if maybe he was never truly saved and that's why he doesn't believe now well he wasn't really saved and that's or if um going on the calvinistic reformed theology of uh election and chosen maybe he, he that's what he says maybe i'm not chosen maybe i'm still dead in the grave waiting for god to you know call me to to make me alive again maybe i'm still spiritually dead or whatever maybe i was never saved he kind of kind of says that he's like i mean maybe this is what it is but i don't know and his his response in, in my own words is kind of i don't know and i don't really care like he said he's not persuaded he's not convinced it doesn't feel necessary he's, it's not compelling but i can i can relate to him in the in the fact that we're all human and I think it's perfectly normal to to have these questions, to think through these these thoughts that we have. Is it compelling? Is it persuasive? Right? And and I and I think that there's absolutely nothing wrong with finding fellowship in other people and saying, No, the 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 church is not for me Uh, there's another um pretty well-known artist that i got to meet when i was in middle school at a church camp his name is cody jones and he had this awesome rock band and they 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 played church camps and denows and youth conferences all over texas basically and surrounding areas and really awesome guy really cool testimony and uh, for the past for the past maybe ten years, uh, he's been he left the band. He's out in L.A. and uh, I got a chance to 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 talk to him one time, and he kind of he kind of had a similar response, of, but it was more about the hypocrisy. He was like, "Man, I'm kind of done with the system of church and the system of religion." Um, and I, you know, kind of take that for what, you know, I mean, this is your own path. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what God has planned for Derek Webb. I don't know how, what God has planned for Cody Jones. Um, and, and so it's not up to me to tell Derek, you need to repent and you need to believe in God. I mean, yeah, you do. I really hope he does, but I really also believe that God is completely in control and has, a completely perfect plan that if Derek is saved, then right now he's saved and he's going to stay saved. And God's just taken his time to bring him through this trial. And, and maybe, maybe just maybe Derek is in the wilderness 
maybe he's a Moses right now. Maybe maybe God is saying, "Okay, one more lap around." I'm 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 bringing you know the Holy Spirit's work and the Holy Spirit is 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 trying and I don't want to say trying like he can't do it, but the Holy Spirit is I just put it this way, God is extending grace, extending grace, extending grace, extending grace. And Derek's saying, "Eh, no." It's not for me, right? Derek in his flesh is saying, nope, just nope. God's not real. That's not real. I don't believe that anymore. If he, if he's still, if he's truly saved, then in his soul, Derek is saying, no, I'm not ready. I'm still not ready. I don't want that. Okay. One more time around. Keep going. Here's your manna every day. I'm going to provide and give you everything that you need but you got to keep going it's been spend another 40 years in the desert right i really believe that that something's going to come back around or i i really and i say i really hope i i have hope that that uh god's going to bring him around right um so what about for us if you're a believer I've said this before. I'll say it again. We are saved from the slavery of death and brought into a slavery of righteousness, a marriage of grace. We are bought and we are brought into this family. And you have been made alive you're no longer dead you now are grafted i like that word grafted into the tree jesus says i'm i'm the vine you are the branches well you are grafted into the vine and the vine is pumping life to the branches you have christ's life flowing through you right and we are um how do i say this Everything in us of our past and of our present and of our future, every sin has been forgiven and erased, and your nature has been has died. You died. You are now made alive. You're a new creation. And everything you do is done in the Spirit. You are in Christ. And your soul, your spirit is in union with the Holy Spirit. And Now everything you do is Christ in you. Uh, 
Paul says two or three times throughout the old, throughout the old, wow, throughout the New Testament in different letters. But he says, it is not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And also, just to on to that, the things I hate, I do. The things that I wish to do, I don't do, right? Paul paints a very clear picture that we are not living perfect lives on our own strength, of our own accord. We are not able and capable of living up to the standard of God. That's what grace was for in the first place. And now that we have grace, we're not enabled to do that. Jesus does not give you the ability to do that. Jesus pardons your inability. He says, you can't. I can. You're not supposed to. I will. So we rest in this constant cycle of living a perfectly imperfect life. I I, I just really like that. I don't know if I've heard that from somewhere or if I just made it up a couple weeks ago. But but really, don't expect your life to be perfect. You know you. You're not perfect. I mean, you... We all sin every day, so don't act like because you're, you know, I mean, you're forgiven. Don't, don't put yourself on a, on a high seat because that seat doesn't exist. God, God took you and placed you and sat you in Christ at his right hand. So don't think that you now have made that that seat for yourself. Don't think that you are somehow better because you try to do good, right? I try not to do bad. And I try to do more good. And, 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 if, and if I start to question anything, right? These people that, I mean, you know, some people fail miserably. And it is a harsh reality when you realize how horrible of an action that you've done, of a thing, how horrible this is. And yet... It's hard at the same time to accept the forgiveness and grace. And it's hard to accept that it was there first. It's hard for us to accept the fact that the forgiveness, the grace, the mercy, the undeserved love is there first. When we do something wrong, we feel like we need to apologize we feel like we need to make it right to make amends we feel like we need to to 
maybe even be punished some kind of penance but the reality is i mean think about it when you when you do something and you hurt your friend's feelings <laughs> you apologize you say i'm sorry and they say i forgive you it's okay don't do it anymore i'm still kind of mad at you sometimes they do sometimes they don't but imagine this is is is, is if if you meet someone and they tell you i have forgiven uh, is oh, that sounds so stupid even for me to say it but but really it would be the the same idea of flipping the role flipping it around and saying that everything that you're that that you're gonna do to me in our friendship we just met anything that you do i am forgiving right now that essentially when you do something wrong to this friend he's already said i've i'm forgiving it you don't even have to come to me for forgiveness you don't have to apologize you don't have to ask me if i will forgive you you don't have to ask for forgiveness You just, well, you, you as a person, you accept that, for one. You trust your friend. You believe him when he says, yeah, I've, 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 already, I've already decided to forgive anything that you're going to do, so I'm not worried about it. And you go and you say, man, I'm, I'm sorry, that, that was wrong. And, and I, I, you know, I'm going to do better or whatever, but, but you, but you don't get, you don't have to, I mean, it's not about how well you apologize or how bad you feel if you actually feel remorse for it because it already happened. It happened the instant y'all became friends. Well, the same goes, is true for 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 us as believers and between us and Jesus except it happened on the cross when he died and when he rose again when he paid the price your sins were forgiven completely and when you come to him that's what he says hey i have shown mercy and i have done something for you that you don't deserve i've given you forgiveness and 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 and, and you're, you're it's a clean slate whatever you've done whatever you're doing and whatever you're gonna do totally wiped away so you're not in this contract of when you do something wrong, you need to come to me and tell me what you did wrong and ask if I'll forgive you and see if it's okay. No, there's none of that. And that's hard for us to accept when we've done something mortally wrong. Mor mortally? Morally? Humanly? Humanely? I don't know. I don't <laughs> can't think. I don't know which one works better, but... But when we do something that we feel so awful for, and I'm not talking about like, oh, I feel really bad. I mean like, you know, failing your wife 
to the point of divorce bad. And to imagine going through something like that, that guilt that you would feel, that is hard to escape. And right in that moment, it's hard to accept the fact that this is forgiven because you do not feel forgiven for this. This is going to be a while before you will feel forgiven. Well, if you can imagine how that's how that is, someone going through that. This is where I think it is so important for Christians to realize what Jesus has done for them is also what Jesus has done for other believers. So don't treat them like you're better. Don't think that the, the, it's don't th- here's the thing if god picked you up and put you at the right hand of at his right hand then he picked them up and put them at his right hand and this sin whether you think it or not it doesn't matter if you th- it doesn't matter if you think this um but you know, it, it's not if if that sin was that person choose making the choice and jumping off of that seat and getting out of that seat, jumping down from that seat. If that's what you think, then why would you expect them to get back up? They didn't put themselves there. And if you think they need to do something to get back up there, then you think that you did something to get yourself there. That's the bottom line truth. If you think that when we sin, that there is something or some things that needs to be done in order to make amends and make it right, and to balance it out, then you think that you did something to get salvation. You think that you were the uh, effector of your faith. That's what you believe. You believe that you are forgiven and that you are at the right hand of God because you put yourself there. That's what you think. And and that's that really is what it is. Because that doesn't make sense. You can't you can't <laughs> you can't go from we did nothing to receive salvation to earn. We didn't do anything to earn salvation. But then, if we're, you know, but, but it's, it's in our, here's what, here's what better way. You think your salvation is held in your hands and that at any moment you could drop it. At any moment you could choose to set it down. 
Well, I got news for you. That's not true. Here's the truth. God holds you. (laughs) Even, it doesn't matter. If you think that you hold salvation in your hands, and no one's going to admit to that, honestly, obviously. I'm just saying, who cares? Let's Let's say that you think that you hold salvation in your hand and that you could set it down and get rid of it by your actions on your ability or your uh, behavior or whatever your actions could could you could set down your salvation here's the funny thing jokes on you god's holding you and you're just setting your salvation right there into his hand i mean it doesn't ma- it doesn't matter if that's what you think because the bottom line is god's holding you you are you're nothing i mean that sounded really bad really bad but but really, you're nothing when it comes to salvation. You didn't put yourself up on the seat. God picked you up and put you there. Or to quote a Calvinist, what the Calvinists say, D- dead men don't walk out of graves. Lazarus didn't walk out there of that grave by his own will and ability he did not dead men dead that's this the that's the bottom line dead men don't walk you have to be made alive and god has to raise you so no matter what if you think that you know that and so when you get that in your in your head and you start realizing recognizing and knowing what jesus has done for you then you'll start seeing other believers in that same light and you'll stop giving the the turn or burn you'll start giving you'll stop giving the repent story the the uh the judgment and condemnation and you'll give the grace that was given to you. And it won't even be yours. It'll be Christ. His life. You are the branch. And his, his life pumps through you. And he extends the grace to that person through you. For you. As you. And because of this. We are free to treat each other the way Christ treats us and I believe and, and we're definitely called to that and and this is this is more about just this is not about treating uh, you know other Christians this is about treating people this way we're in a time in our nation where people are scared and people are worried people are mad and emotions are just through the roof this, the, the injustice and the racism and and all the 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 conversations that we're having in our nation is is very good to have but we need to be careful we need to find out what is true and what is not true 
We need to do our fact checking. And we need to be able to treat our fellow Christians as saved, as redeemed, as covered by the blood. We need to take that same grace and extend it to people. Witnessing is great. Telling people that God loves them, but they are separated from God's love is is necessary, good. Evangelism is wonderful. What's also good? Showing it. Giving it. I mean, do you understand that we are people, we are vessels of this wonderful tasting wine and people want to taste it. People want it. They don't know that they want it, but we can give them a taste of it. We can give them a taste of this wine by showing love. By by showing people especially of different political opinions. <laughs> if you're a Republican, show love to your Democrat friends. If you're good friends with them, then you, then you can hash it out about who's right and who's wrong. But if it's your Democrat coworker, your Democrat neighbor, your liberal school teacher friend or whatever, You have been given the ability to tease people, almost, so to speak. You've been given the ability to share this amazing experience of life. Give people a... a, 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 a golly, I'm stuttering. Give people a chance to taste the wine. And if you see the analogy, we're the branches. God's the vine. Or Jesus is the vine. If you're picky. And then imagine, you know, the vine. And then the branches. That's us. And then the little grapes. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? And and we can give these grapes everyone we really need to work on giving it to other people that are part of the same vine come on but we can also give these grapes to people who who have never heard it people who don't understand it and people who are against it which is one of the reasons. I mean, that was why with Derek, I mean, I, I went to him and I'm like, man, I'm not trying to to, to get you to to question why you don't believe. Well, how can you not? No, nah, man, I understand. I don't understand what you're going through, but I know you're going through a lot. And I just have questions. I'm a believer. You used to believe, be a believer. We, I believe the things that you used to believe, right? We have that same mindset. You can you can relate to me and I relate to you. And so I want to just ask a couple questions that bug me. 
and then I'm done. Man, I'm not here to try and get you and argue and debate. Man, that's God's got you. Whatever whatever you're going through. Let's do that to this to others, right? Well, they don't believe the same things I believe. Yeah, that, there's a point. There's a line. But there there is a line in in how far it goes. But that line is whether you consider them a brother, I guess. Do you consider them a brother in Christ? Mm, yes or no, right? But does that matter? No, because golly, get this wonderful tasting wine out to the people who are thirsty and let them experience it so that they can know and be able to and, and want to come and experience it for themselves. So that that's my that's my rant. I'm actually running out of disk space it looks like. <laughs> um we're coming at the boy way over uh a little over an hour mark. Uh, if you stuck this far, if you listen to the whole thing, thank you. If you agree, disagree, if you want to to just send me a message on, on your thoughts, please do. Email me. Uh, go to my website, Grace and Fool. Find me on social media. That's the best way to get in contact with me. And... And let me know what you think. Hey, if you like listening to Grace in Full and you want to find more great Christian podcasts, go ahead and visit faithcast.com. There you can discover Christian podcasts that help you keep the faith. That's faithcasts, plural, dot com.